Welcome to Redefining Active Investing, the podcast from ECP Asset Management, where we share our insights on markets, industries, and the highest quality companies we can find. I'm Lachlan Hodgkinson, and today I'm joined by partner and portfolio manager Andrew Dale and special guest Lucas Gamble. Lucas is a culture expert and facilitator at Leading Teams, a national consulting firm focused on improving the performance of teams and specialising in change, leadership, and team development programs. Yeah, thanks for joining us again, Lucas. Uh, I mean, in our business at ECP, and as investors in general, it can be quite difficult to, to properly assess a corporate culture, particularly when you're not within the organisation. Clearly, we're external to the companies that we invest in. But given corporate culture is such an important part of what it is we're looking for in a business, it's also really important that we dedicate time to try and assess what that corporate culture looks like, bad ones being particularly bad and, and, and things we want to stay away from, and good ones often delivering very good financial results over the long term. How would you suggest as investors we look at companies and try to identify what corporate culture actually looks like? Yeah, thanks, Andrew. We're in a similar position to you where we don't actually work on the inside. And so when we go into a business for the first time, we spend a lot of time observing, observing how things are done, observing the interactions between staff, observing how senior management communicate, how open they are to, we call it feedback, but how open they are to ideas from other people, whether they have a real hierarchical structure and they're the top dog and they don't listen to other people, whether they've got really open communication and they're open to ideas and they're seeking feedback on how they're going, knowing that no one is perfect. The organisations that do this really well are the ones where senior management have got wonderful relationships with everybody in the organisation. They're open to ideas, they're open to having conversations, they're open to improvement they're okay with their, their idea maybe not being the best idea. They have the conversations whereby everybody feels safe to bring their ideas to the table. Their discuss and the decisions that the organisation makes are the right decisions for the organisation with egos left at the door. Mm, yeah. I think that actually it's quite interesting because I think with companies we look at, you see a lot of that from senior management. The, the companies where they're willing to talk about strategy – they're willing to let other staff be present in certain meetings. They talk about the positives and the negatives. They're the ones where the culture is quite good and, and they're, they're very happy to put that on display. And, and that's what gives us confidence, actually, when we look at a company. But, but you must get sort of a range of different companies. What are the main sort of segments of companies that come to you to look for help? How, to, how would you differentiate them? Yeah, it's interesting you ask that. For me... There's really two types of clients that come to us. The first is those that realize they've got a problem and they're a little bit stuck in terms of how to address or deal with that problem. There's some telltale signs where they notice that good people all of a sudden start being a bit more quiet in the workplace. They start to lose good staff. They know they've got a problem with their culture and they're not too sure how to fix it. And so we can help really help players play a role in that space. The other sort of client we get is those that are, are really good. They've got a good culture. Business is going well. Results are good, but they're not happy with that. They're, all, they're looking for that little bit extra that can help take them from what we call good to great. And it's a really conscious effort at their end that we're good, we're going quite well, but we want to be better. 
And so they're investing time and energy and money in their staff, in their people to try and improve from where they are to a higher level, to a better place. Yeah. And I think, I think that's really when it comes to our investment process, what we're focusing on. We're focusing on what we have already deemed to be high quality businesses. And we're looking at those businesses to really take what is a positive culture, a good financial performance, but to extend that and grow it further to deliver even better results over the long term. Because really what we're talking about is you know, a management team being the custodian of a culture and an organization that will hopefully go on for many, many years to come. Yeah, that's it. The, the, the good businesses out there, the ones that do understand the marriage between culture, mechanics and results. We meet lots of businesses when we ask them, how much time do you spend working on culture versus analyzing the numbers? Often, the percentage amount to analyzing numbers is up there in the 90s and not much time spent to looking at culture. Mm, yeah. The best businesses we find that have got great culture, they get the balance between the two right. They understand that investing in culture actually drives the performance. So therefore, they've got to keep their eye on the prize in that space. Yeah. And they do it. They do it regularly. And those that review regularly will find mm. The opportunities to improve. Yeah, but things can go wrong, and they do go wrong. We've seen it with companies we own. We've seen it with other companies that are listed in the market. Is it something that can be turned around quickly if if senior management is supportive of making that change, or do you think it is something that often can take many years to turn around? I think if senior management is open and willing to address it and are absolutely on board in understanding the importance that culture plays in performance, it can be turned around quite quickly. Yeah. I'd agree, I'd agree with that. I think I think someone like something in our portfolio, Rio Tinto, is perhaps a company where you could say culture was significantly, um, you know, was was poor on a number of levels, but under new management and board, they were able to come in, put some new initiatives in place, and we saw some pretty tangible positive results quickly. Yeah, it reminds me last year I was working with an exec team in Canberra and we spoke about their culture and their culture had been really good previously under previous leadership. And then with the change of leadership, the culture had deteriorated. Again, change of leadership, a new leader had come in and recognised that culture wasn't great. People weren't having the conversations. They were more protecting themselves and doing what was right for their own business units as opposed to the greater good. And so we came in and had a good chat with the team and the willingness to do something about it and to get back to where they were previously was high. And the turnaround for that team was really quick yeah. because people were on board and the leader was invested and willing to help the team to do something yeah. about it. Yeah. Culture, always dynamic, always changing, but as long as you're moving in the right direction, has to be good for the company, shareholders and other stakeholders alike. Lucas, thanks very much for joining us again today. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Andrew.